back at it again for another episode of Birdies Not BS. I got Cheyenne Woods with me as always. I feel like I make her look good, but she, um, she makes me look good. On a podcast? Hey, it's, <laughs> it's fine. I have a face for TV. We just haven't got there yet. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got give it. Us, give steps. me some time. Give me some Baby time. Shy, have you been watching this last dance? Yep. I've been tuned in every Sunday. Sit here right on my couch. How can you not be? This thing is intoxicating. It's so intoxicating. It is. And I, I just love it because, I mean, I, I was super young when all this was going. I was born in 1990, so I didn't see, I don't remember the 93 Michael Jordan, even the 98 Michael Jordan. I know Michael Jordan for him being Michael Jordan. Right. Um, but to see all the backstories and just everything that he went through behind the scenes has just been awesome. I didn't know, like, I feel like I didn't know. Yes, I know he was a leader. But when you see how he led, like, it's, there's it's like these aha moments for me. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. he really was talking smack to his teammates. He was really pushing people. But if you, if you look at the workouts and you look at when he was in the gym, he was the first one in the gym. He was the last one out of the gym. He was leading the team up and down the court in the runs. You know, so it's, it's one thing to talk smack. It's another thing to talk smack when you put in the work. Right. Michael had said, I don't ever ask my teammates to do anything that I do not do. Right. And so as a leader, just that mindset and even as an elite athlete in general, you see him on the basketball court. You saw him when he tried to take on baseball. And in all these episodes, you're seeing him play a lot of golf. A Um, lot of golf. Right. Is this surprising to you? No, not at all. It, what's surprising to me is seeing them play in between championship games. I thought that was a little crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, you got a game tonight. You got 18 holes. In. Yeah, you on the golf course. But, I mean, it just goes to show what golf can do for athletes, for people, just to get your mind off something, and also the addiction of it. Right. Um, I think it's so interesting. I thought see. you were about to talk about his gambling addiction. Oh, wait. I mean, rumors. gambling nah, he, on the golf course, too. That's right. I mean, I, I got the same addiction when it comes to putting cash up on a course. Yeah, I can't play without as, putting something. Up. Yeah, as put long a little as something I'm on. winning, as long as I'm <laughs> winning, I'm I'm more than happy to gamble. <laughs> I feel like too. What I enjoy as a as a Jordan shoe fanatic, I like being able to watch the progression of the shoe. Right, like I'm in my mm. closet trying to find my fours and trying to find my fives. When you look at Jordan though, and you watch him play basketball and you watch him play golf, shot does it? Do you marvel at the like his commitment to both, or or what 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 do you take away from seeing Jordan the athlete and then Jordan the golfer throughout the last dance? I mean, honestly, I see the same person both on the court and on the golf course because that same person is putting in the work to be the best that he can be, whether he's got a golf club in his hand or a basketball. And I think that again is why he was so great in what he did. And no matter what he was playing or what environment he was in, he wanted to be the best. He wanted to be the best leader, the best golfer, the best baseball player. He wanted to take everybody's money on the airplane, playing cards, whether it was a dollar or a thousand dollars. That's it, right? Um, That's crazy though. Like he would play thousand dollar games in the back and go up and play dollar games in the front because he wanted your money. Like what about the sum of it? It was like, I want your cash. It's that championship mindset of just, I'm going to beat you in whatever we do and at all costs. And so I see, I see that just consistency within him as a man. And that I think is the most impressive thing to me. I feel like when I watch Jordan prepare, he makes me want to work harder on like the little things, right? Like I feel like he was such a, a, a tactician when it came to the minute, the fundamentals. And I think that really triages well into, into golf. And for the people out there that want to get better at the game is, is take that Jordan approach. If you want to be a really good, three-point shooter 
you got to shoot shots. If you want to be a really good short range putter, you got to go out there and put putts up. I go, right. yeah, same thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now a hundred percent. I'm inspired. I'm in, I mean, he makes me want to go practice right now. Like, but, uh, no, One thing I that I, I have to to mention, and, and I'm glad we brought on our special guest for this week's episode and Steve Malbin, because I'm intrigued by the role that fashion, celebrity, the athlete all play in the growth of the game, right? The mm-hmm. the ability to merge all these 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 varying facets and put them together to make golf cool to that skateboard kid to that uh, uh, that band kid or, or whatever kid is out there that, that's inspiring to play. I think that's very interesting. That's how you grow the game with Jordan playing yeah. golf. I was going to say, even in watching the documentary, this is growing the game of golf. It's not a documentary about golf. It's a Michael Jordan documentary following his career. But there is so much golf influence that someone watching it who has never watched golf, never interested in golf, is going to see Michael from 20 years ago playing golf in his 90s outfits and cigar in his mouth. And, you know, of course, we all know Michael Jordan still plays golf to this day. From what I heard, he plays 36 holes every day. Smokes eight cigars every day. Yeah, and and documentaries like this or even just seeing our favorite athletes in that environment, that golf environment, is what truly grows the game of golf. And like you said, with our guest coming on soon, he's also doing something very similar in fashion, social media, and just his influence of brand, reaching out to people who have never ever thought of watching or liking golf before. Sorry to let people down, but we don't have Michael Jordan. But we got the one and only Stephen Malbin of Malbin Golf coming on to talk to us a little bit about what he's doing to grow the game. So, Stephen, you got to tell me a little bit about how you started Malbin Golf, because there had to be this niche that you you saw that you could feel within the golf space. So talk to us a little bit about how you got everything rolling on your end. Uh, it, it mainly started first with Instagram and me being obsessed with golf and not having a not wanting to follow like a thousand golf Instagrams on my personal Instagram and wanting to be able to fiend out and just look at golf news and golf trends and fashion and, and, and the stuff that I like with golf, but it was very hard to find like stuff that was kind of like touching the soul of golf or forward thinking or fashion or different art and different things that I liked about uh, golf. It was very hard to find that on Instagram like five years ago. So I started a mood board with mob and golf to just post images and inspire creatively graphics, et cetera, of what I felt was like kind of the heart and soul of golf. And, um, from there it eventually turned into a business because, um, we started to understand we had a following and there were a lot of other people who thought like we did. And, uh, from there it kind of has branched into a different couple of different ways of, uh, of being a business we sell apparel and we have a golf club and we're doing the online golf tournaments and physical golf tournaments etc now i've seen a lot of your stuff online i've seen a lot of um celebrities and athletes in and out of your store i've never been in your store yet but every time i'm in la i just happen to drive by and i have to say it has a very distinct trendy look um both from the outside and inside when i see photos how conscious of you are you of creating that trendy image, especially within golf? It really makes you stand out. How, how conscious of, are you and your wife of really making that an important aspect of your brand? 
I think just like style wise, the store was not with was designed more with like a Japanese boutique retail experience and fashion and simplicity and cement floors and white walls and exposed wood and um, very minimalist but very stylish in a sense that it doesn't look like a you know uh, a lot of times the golf stores end up just having like sale sales so much equipment and so much gear and. You know, they have the, the, the way it is. It's kind of the opposite of that. It's a small boutique experience. So we purposely did that because younger people who shop are more comfortable in that environment than they are at uh, like a, a big discount golf store and when it comes at least to fashion. Yeah. So but in your store and I've had the pleasure of being in there and uh, I feel like it's, you can't even really consider it a, a store. It's more of a meeting place or a gathering place. It's a hub for culture. Um, was that intentional or did that, was that just a byproduct of the people gravitating toward what you had put out there? No, it was, um, in Los Angeles, there's a lot more golfers in Brentwood and in Beverly Hills than there are in Fairfax. So Fairfax is a street that a lot of pop entertainment culture people, um, either go shopping on or drive up and down on when they're going, like you said, Shaden, when you're, you're driven by it multiple times right so it's it's kind of a billboard and it's like why is there a golf store in fairfax <laughs> next to all of these other kind of melrose fairfaxy type of of stores so it was very deliberate putting it there knowing that that's not where your normal golfer is because we're not really that you know, focused on the normal golfer gotcha steve you, you mentioned right when you answered cheyenne's question normal golfer your brand is not like the normal golfer for the normal golfer when you started Melbourne golf what did you see as the normal golfer and who is the non-normal golfer i think of, i think five years ago the normal golfer i think that it's merged more now between the last five years of like the kind of new golfer if you will or the the old golfer i think it's a change of guards and there's definitely a young youthful creative wave of people that are looking at Golf is a really fun, creative thing that's great to do with different people. The, the normal golfer, I guess I should say more like the old mindset of a golfer, which is... Khakis, a collar shirt. You know, it's, yeah, it's the PGA golf show, right? It's Orlando. So, like, if everyone in Orlando is the normal golfer, and it's mainly white dudes that are older with slacks and blazers, right? 100%. <laughs> I know when I was growing up, golf was not at all trendy, cool. Nobody was really doing yeah, especially no with your outfits, Cheyenne. We saw your outfits yeah. back in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s. I mean, it was, it was rough in the 90s. Exactly. Even you see the guys out there, it was rough. But even in, in seeing athletes now and pop culture, people getting involved with the sport of golf, before that, what was it that drew you to the game of golf? Uh, I, I got a job when I was 12 at a golf course in Virginia Beach and I wanted to get good so I could play with the older guys and members that I liked they were like drinking beer and having a good time so I figured the better I got the more they would want me to come play with them and I had played tennis prior and lacrosse so it was a little bit of those two moves swing so you from Virginia Beach Steve yes sir Oh, wow. I used to live in Chicks Beach. Crazy. Small world. Oh, I love that. I love Chicks Beach. I used to live right by Bubbles. good time. I, I used to live right by Bubbles. You know what I'm saying? Hot Chicks tuna nights, Beach. man. I know a little something about something. I know something. what it is. Kamikaze. <laughs> That's it. That's it around the corner. But question, though, Steve, I got to ask. It's, it's current right now. Have you been watching The Last Dance? The Jordan uh, documentary yes, on ESPN. 
course. Yeah. Yeah, I like that dude. I want. I've been trying to find like images of the of the homie that he that it was his bookie. Uh, which the one? Guy last night. Oh, the golfer, right? George Esquinas. I played some golf, golf with George. He out there. The golf horsella. <laughs> oh yeah, that dude. I need images. I want to put them on to a shirt. <laughs> the guy that the guy oh, that, that like he was supposed to go. He was supposed to go meet the president, and they said he blew the president off because he was in a money match with homie at some <laughs> golf course up in D.C. and he didn't even go to the White House. And that's what, <laughs> hey, that's that's how he gets down, man. You know how it is. You gotta you gotta play that yeah, emergency eighteen. Yeah, exactly. Cheyenne knows because Cheyenne take my money a couple times. I'm, I want my twenty dollars back, Shy. I'm but, ready. But I, I, <laughs> I say this because one thing that I know, right? We all know Michael Jordan is a golfer, right? One thing I didn't know was the the role that golf played in in Michael Jordan's life. Also, too, the role that fashion played in Michael Jordan's life. When we talk about these exterior kind of golfers, right? He's a golfer, but he's a he's a basketball player first, Steven. Like how does how do how do you see fashion? How do you see fashion playing into how athletes and stars come into golf? I mean, I think golf has a good platform for fashion because it's always been about getting dressed and it's like okay to put on your best when you go play golf. So the fashion side's kind of like it's the it's kind of like the sky's the limit where you have people like Payne Stewart and those type of outfits where you can kind of go overboard and you know Payne Stewart wearing like the color scheme of the football teams every time he used to go on PGA tournaments like I think that was super cool and like pre-new era and pre-fitteds but it was the exact same thing like him showing up wearing St. Louis colors in St. Louis it's like a local pride uh, very cool thing that that was happening then since then, I don't know how much like fashion and golf, it's more kind of driven by what sells at the big golf chain. So if Dick Sporting Goods can only sell, you know, pastel shirts, then they're going to sell pastel shirts. And, and, and like styling and PR is what makes giant superstars, right? And, and, and skills. So, you know, you have like, madonna and prince and you have all of these people like that like their stylists were as important in them becoming huge global pop stars as anything else or like dennis rodman had a stylist that was like putting him in a dress when he would go to new york to do the letterman show and like overboard over the top but that's what makes american pop stars kind of pop stars and i think we've done a really good job doing it with music and with sports and then, but with golf, it doesn't happen. The, the, you know, the only superstar is Tiger, right? And then, like, he has his own silhouette and uniforms, et cetera. But he's not concerned with making, like, fashion statements and, you know, doing what Dennis Rodman was doing with dresses, et cetera, right? So there's, there's a, a, a huge room. Even watching Dennis Rodman and what he was doing, like, that brings excitement. So if there was a pro golfer who was doing his hair in Cheetah, and he was actually <laughs> winning or like talking shit like yeah that is very 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 good for golf yeah you know like brooks kepka wearing off-white golf shoes like that's cool but it's forced and it's like it doesn't necessarily like it doesn't innovate it just takes like a fashion piece that people are wearing in streetwear and in lifestyle and then they get the golfer to wear it or like the palace adidas collaboration project they did it's like 
the people watching the golf don't even know that that logo is a skate brand from London. Like no right. one's, no one's yeah. connecting any of the dots, but like when Dennis Rodman went out and wore cheetah print hair, that was fashion. And it was, in the next thing you know, he's like dating Madonna yeah. and dating I feel like Carmen Electra. Just- there's just a level of authenticity with that, right? I mean, Dennis Rodman was being his authentic self and he had the space to do so. But I feel like we're kind of boxed in a little bit in golf with dress codes and tucking your shirt in and, and wear your hat forward. I think but- they have like a policy that says if you embarrass the league, then they'll kick you off of the PGA. Wow. Damn. Right? That's news to me. Like you can't embarrass, you can't embarrass them or something. So like if Jordan Spieth went out with a tattoo on his neck and cheetah hair – like that's going to embarrass the tour and they're going to kick him off the tour. Right. So there's a level of like fear that everyone has that drives them to like, you know, like the kid AJ uh, Kim. Remember Kim used to wear like the big belt buckles and stuff. Yeah. Anthony, yeah, Anthony Kim. Yeah. Like that yeah. Was, was like as cool as I've seen it go where yeah. someone was like, fuck it. I'm wearing giant cowboy yeah. belts of, of my <laughs> logo and like flossing and like trying to be different. <laughs> But yeah. since him, I haven't really seen anyone really try to be different. I've seen them try to be different with the way they play, and it's become very focused on, Everybody you know, looks the, the same out not, there. Not fashion, yeah. not yeah. fashion. It's like, the last thing they, yeah, they're silhouettes, right? Yeah, exactly. Everyone has the same silhouette, the same just kind of theme of what they're wearing. Golf really lacks individuality. Yeah. And I think that's definitely what we are able to see, even in football or basketball, on and off the field or court. The athletes have individuality, and that's really what grows the fan base. It's what grows the sport. And in golf, you really haven't seen that, like you Mm-mm. said. Like maybe Anthony Kim. I think Michelle Wee has had some standout outfits on yes, the women's side. very much. But yeah, John, well, I, like the, I like the point with John Daly, though. John Daly with a cigarette okay, and loudmouth pants. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You can't pull fat. That's my but, man. But, but Michelle we, I mean, but, but Michelle did like, you know, Takashi 6'9", rainbow colored uh yeah. french braids with yeah. golf tees all in them and like that was it like yeah. that is like damn like no one else has even thought to do such a thing At since you think women have a little more leeway with fashion and golf steven i feel like i mean i know that their wardrobes are still limited but I feel like they have a little bit more, more leeway to express because the only choice I get is the color of my shirt and if I'm wearing a collar or, or a, a non-collar polo. Uh, that's because you're wearing golf clothes, right? That's the thing. Like, that's why I started making golf clothes. I started making clothes inspired by golf because those silhouettes are tough. Like, if you go to Roger Dunn and buy any one of those outfits and put it on, you're going to look exactly like you're going to look like the other guys. Right. I think one of the first pieces I ever really noticed that you did was the sweatshirt. And I I remember looking at this, at at the sweatshirt thinking how I was like, damn, that thing seems dense. But then I saw it just absolutely take off in the street. You had skaters wearing golf clothes. You had rappers wearing golf clothes. Um, Talk a little bit about, you know, your relationship with schoolboy and and how, and what that means to you and what it means to golf. Cause you he'll go to the course with his grills in and I've seen some of the looks that he gets. So how is that being, you know, being alongside of for you, Steve? He's the best. He's the funniest dude ever. Like he's the funniest person you ever meet. So he's a good time. And he's very aware of like what 
you know, like what the golf world is. And he's, he's understanding more and more that like when we go play Bel Air country club or we go play Riviera country club and Los Angeles country club, like there's only one goal and the goal is to be invited back. Right. (laughs) Don't get kicked out. So he understands that is the most important thing. So yeah, like do not do, anything to not get invited back so if like you want to wear your hat backwards this isn't the time like we want to get invited back to lacc and play with the record executives but if we misbehave then it's not when i we won't get invited back right but he's the best um but yeah it's you know he's he's a crip he's a crip and he's in from the streets and he's the most opposite dude of lacc ever 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 ever. yet he goes in and he holds holds himself and he he mingles has fun he's laughing and fucking off and next thing you know there's like moms coming up to him saying like my son's the biggest fan of yours can i get a selfie <laughs> and he's just like very sweet um, guy you know is very very important to golf he's very important to like growing the game of golf and what he's doing and having new albums where he says he you know goes to the golf course to get a peace of mind i mean I, that's all really what's happening that's he was super depressed he was going to the studio same energy same 10 people around him you know smoke weed all day go to the studio smoke weed all day go to the studio have millions of dollars in your bank and be completely depressed after he found golf he wasn't depressed anymore it was like, there goes that, like, and then wow. even him being like, you know, he's like, I, he's like, I don't have time to do bad things because I'm so focused on like getting back to the range in the morning and working on like my 50 yard flop shot. I don't know why like, you would need that shot, to, but like, yes, you got to work on that too. Things. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's, a, that's such an interesting point that, you know, folks like you and, and, and Q are, are, are important to the game. I think you guys are integral to the game. You guys make golf cool. What is it that you have to do today to make sure that that a kid from South Central, Stephen, can go to LACC and play and know how to act? I think you have to do things where you do caddy programs and you get young kids into certain clubs and you make the members like there, there's so many clubs, like even like out here, like a, what do you call it? Mountain Gate, right? Mm-hmm. Mountain Gate. They have they have 20. 20- seven holes it's crowded as shit they have no caddies because the members are too cheap to pay for the caddies right so i think you can raise money and you can make them take caddies and make them rub shoulders with kids and make the kids go through serious classes where they learn how to hit a seven iron they learn how to hit balls they learn how to caddy they learn how to mingle they learn how to rudders they learn what to say what not to say how to hold themselves mannerism and then from there they're opening themselves up and getting into the golf world. So from there, you know, a kid could, kid could caddy in South Carolina through college, right? It's just golf, invest in golf, what we're the type of thing it is. It's like if you take two kids that aren't very in a promising situation and one works at like a fast food spot and one works at as a caddy, 10 years from now, they'll be in a lot of different places over just off one summer's exercises and learning no question you know and learning so i think caddy programs are like force rich privileged people to use caddies and mingle with people that aren't like them and try to get comfortable with them and um, help each other out a little and once you're in golf it kind of equalizes things like you know if you're really good at golf someone can look at you and judge you and think xyz and then as soon as you like 
hit a four iron over a lake three foot, it's like they're your best friend all of a yeah. sudden. Right? I got it's more like, friends. Did you golf. see that shot? Like, yeah, yeah. motherfucker. Like, I saw it. That shit was amazing. Yes. <laughs> now, that's what I love about golf. Like you said, it is truly an equalizer. I see it all the time in pro-ams, you know, whether it's a celebrity or an executive. You're seeing people come together from all different backgrounds and have this this love for the game and you don't see each other for who you are and what you do, but just truly playing the game of golf. And like you said, with the caddy program, you are able to then network and build those relationships with people you normally would not ever interact with. I mean, I've had it in my own life and I'm a professional golfer. Yeah. And so you just never know who you're going to meet. Um, and it definitely is an equalizer. I think it's one of the only sports that can truly do that. Yeah. I feel like some of the Jordans, you know, fame, also came because he played golf because he was able to have those conversations with folks that controlled supply and demand for, for the shoe and, and, this, and the execs yes. at, at Haynes and the execs at Nike and, and all the other, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he had a Range Rover deal. So, you know, talking to the Land Rover execs and those types of things. And, you know, that's one thing I think people always talk about golf as the path, you know, business is done on the golf course. I disagree with that statement wholeheartedly. People decide if you are worthy to do business with via the time they have with you on the golf course. Yeah. Can you agree with that yeah. or, or disagree? I feel like you, you have instances where golf tells you somebody's character. Instantly. And I mean, even like how you live your life, whether it be in the other sports you do or in the way you do business, I think it reflects all of it. Um, and, you know, business-wise, it's like, yeah, like if you're going to partner with someone in a business, it would be really good to have them as a partner in like a member guest tournament first. So <laughs> see the how they deal. With that pressure on. Yeah, well, heat. you got to see like, yeah, you got you to see all of it and you're going to see it. Like when they get down and they have double, double, it's like, nah, 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 I'm not doing the business with this <laughs> right. guy. Hey, like, you you got to snap out of it. Well, I've taken people, <laughs> people to the golf course and seen them throwing clubs and, and cussing. And, and I, I love this line. It's, I never do this on the course, right? That guy that says, I never do this. And it's, those are the folks that I don't want to play golf with. I don't want to bring you back. I don't want to enjoy. Let alone do business with them. Right. Like, right. right? Like, I don't <laughs> want to golf with you. Definitely not. I don't want to do business with you. No, thank you. And you know, it's like, I'm so like scared of playing with strangers at golf courses and country clubs. But it's like a stranger will hit me up and say like, Hey, I'm a member of Lakeside. Do you want to go? And Lakeside's tour right it's very good so i'm like okay i'm gonna play but then when i'm pulling up i'm just like god i hope i like this person god i hope like I, I hope i like him and then it's like you walk right up to the putting green it's like either it's like yes or it's like, it's like oh yes. fuck it's gonna be a long <laughs> it's just the shitty fucking five hours here we go yeah long day then it's just like come on buddy like no one cares how you play but you just enjoy lakeside like come on you're exactly. you're, you're killing my high by <laughs> So who have been some of your favorite people to play golf with, whether it be a celebrity or another professional golfer or um, just someone that you've worked with? My, uh, my son, Remington, golfing with him and like playing, playing like matches with me and him. He? He's eight. My dad and my son, for sure. And then um, uh, I love playing with Q. He's fun. Uh, John Bushim, he's fun to play with. My friend Jeff Nimmer. Uh, tour guys, I love Tony Finau. Probably rather play with him than anyone. Tony's the guy that's like first hole at Riviera. I played the pro am with them, and he uh, so they had hybrid in, and he topped his hybrid. It went like 
threw the ditch and rolled 40 yards down the fairway or something, just like a perfect top. And he looks over at his like caddy and his coach and me, and he goes, "But at least it went straight." <laughs> that, that, I mean, that that speaks to his character. What nothing on the line. I gotta ask. I always see when you post pictures, you use the investing golf tag. What does that mean to you, or is it just a hashtag? In the 1950s, the Masters in Augusta National, 50s, 60s, I don't know what year it was, they had a ticket and the ticket was to get onto the grounds and on the back of the ticket it had a quote and it said, invest in golf. It does great things for you and your entire family through acquaintanceships and, you know, learning the, the qualities of life or something. And it was like, when I read it, I was like, wow, that was where it originally came from, invest in golf. And it just means like we were saying earlier, like, the kids on a caddy program, like invest in golf and you can level the playing field and you can get yourself around some really good people to rub shoulders with and you can change what may not be the best situation. And um, I kind of realized that like there's the real world and the golf world. And I don't really like the real world as much as I like the golf world. So invest in golf is not only for me, but for my entire family to put us in a different world. You got to elaborate on that for me. The difference between the real world and the golf world. What what is it in golf that you feel you don't see in the in the real world? The golf world is like eating frozen grapes at Hillcrest and looking at botanical gardens and walking around with caddies and eating fucking ahi sliders on every four holes and drinking tequila in the morning while people are in traffic. The golf world is like, you know the situations. Like when I met you at Bighorn, right? Like that's the golf world. Drinking tequila with George Lopez and playing <laughs> golf. And I'm with, yeah. I'm with Eddie Van Halen and George Lopez and I meet you. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that, that's a good that's point. That's not normal. Bad. That's not the real world. Like Eddie Van Halen and like smoking weed the whole time. See, I, I was a beat the pro, so I couldn't partake. I, you know, I, that's, that was on y'all. But I will say it wasn't a teabag. They, they had it in the teabag. But wow. they were giving it away. Like Snoop, Snoop had a uh, Snoop. Totally Snoop was giving away <laughs> weed on the fucking fifth hole or something. It's like that's, that's the golf world. Like, is this Sorry, even? Sean, I don't know if you can if you can hang with that crowd. You know, Man, you got drug tests. Yeah, you I might not. Worry about. <laughs> I might not be able to play my season after that event. <laughs> yeah. Right, you might catch a contact. Stay six feet away. Six feet away. That's what I love though about golf too. Right. It's like anything goes. Like you go to the course, 7 a.m., Bloody Marys, mimosas, like whatever. They're handing out weed on the fifth hole. It's it is. It's so different. That's the golf world. That's not the real world. You know, I go, I go, I went golfing here. I took someone to Sandpiper out in Santa Barbara and the guy had only played once or twice. We go at like seven in the morning and like eight dudes walk up and order double tequila shots at like 7 30 in the morning you know and like this is normal out here i was gonna say i don't know about you guys i can't play golf when i'm when i'm tipsy that's because you care just, that's because you I care stop playing that's for a true. living watch what happens that's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right give me a few Steven, years. let me ask you a quick question uh because I'm, I'm interested and I'm, I'm intrigued by it when we talk about the difference between the real world and the golf world i'm sure there are moments when they collide they collide for me all the time as a black guy in golf. Now, you are a white dude, but cooler than most. My question is, when you come to the golf course and you, you do have weed, you've got you know, your swag, you've got your attire, you've got schoolboy Q, how are you received by, quote, the real world in golf? Because there's a barrier that you have to go through to get to the golf world. There's people who care, and there's younger people that are taking over the – 
the 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 lead right they're taking the wheel and there's the older guys are are, are kind of getting in the back seat and saying like i'll be the chairman of golf digest but we have to let this young guy who thinks differently run golf digest into the future or we'll run it into the ground so i think that's very helpful that they are kind of changing of the guards of the like big corporate golf um, situations and a lot of the brands and like our mission statement is to inspire young people to participate in golf. There's a lot of people with deep pockets who appreciate that statement of inspiring young people to participate in golf. So that's like either play, watch it, play a video game, buy golf clothes, go to a golf tournament. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can participate in golf. And I think that um, the other day I went to LACC and I walked up and four of the guys from the pro shop started walking at me, the head pro, the assistant, the assistant, the director of golf. Who'd you piss off? And I saw walking in and I thought like, what the fuck did I do? What did I do? Like the music was too loud when I went into the parking lot or like, who'd I piss off? Like, what do they want? You know? And they came up and they, they, they introduced themselves and they said who they are. And they said they're big fans and that they saw me and my son interview Rory McIlroy and they love what we're doing for golf. And that's amazing. I can come and play anytime I want. And they want to sell our stuff in their pro shop. And it's like, I told them, I said, I thought y'all were about to throw me the fuck out of here. I thought you were going to throw me the fuck out of here. You know? And then they start like laughing. So it's obvious that I'm not your traditional, you know, golfer in a square golfer of like what your traditional white golfer guy does or whatever. And it's like, there's a lot of other people though there that are, that are like members at LACC. They're younger and get it. And it's like, they like Wu-Tang too. Right. All I know is my one time at LACC, I felt like I had to have better posture when I walked through that gate. Like I, I had I took a Uber Black to LACC. I, I was like, oh. and they're walking, talking, what you came in, and- right? But I love that about golf nowadays. I do feel like it it genuinely is trying to embrace the new age golfer, um, and I think I've seen that in like the last five years or so of just the fashion, the people who are playing golf, even the the environment at Country Club where you can play your music, you can show up and. I don't know. I think you can sh- still show up in Jordans and, and have your little bit of style and flair, but you have to find that balance still. But I do see a move for trying to embrace a little bit more of the new age golfer. Do you feel like you're leading that movement, Steve? Do you feel like that's on you a little bit? No, I think there's a bunch of people that are doing it. I think that, you know, my friend owns Hype Beast. He, he loves golf. He's addicted to golf. So, like, he's important, right? Schoolboy Q is important. The skateboarders that I'm cool with are very important. If, 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 if a skateboarder has a million followers and he's posting golf, that's more important than Golf Digest or more important than what I'm doing. Yeah. That's, that's my attitude, too. Yeah, absolutely. Golf, golfers are going to see Golf Digest. They're already golfing, so they can't help grow the game. Golf Digest can't help to grow the game as much as Hype Beast can. And Patrick Reed can't grow the game as much as Schoolboy Q can, right? Absolutely not. I agree. I just feel like we've got to be heading somewhere because I'm seeing way cooler attire. Um, where do you see the culture of golf heading from your vantage point? I think it's like skiing and snowboarding. I think it's like um, so skiing, like back in the day, like when snowboarding started, I think that everyone was very resistant, right? And they were like, we don't want snowboarders. It's not proper. It's not this. It's similar to people saying like, we don't want people wearing their hat backwards or we don't want people who have a beard or we don't want girls or we don't want, you know, people with tattoos, right? Like there's a million things that they're going to say they don't want the same way that this ski resort's 
fought really, really hard to not let snowboarders come because the snowboarders were coming from the inner city. The, the snowboarders were coming with skateboard influence and hip hop and they were wearing baggy pants and they were playing music and they were doing things a lot differently than the old school skiers were at those resorts. And then at some point it turned where every single ski resort in the world is a ski slash snowboard resort. So there's no more only ski resorts. There's, they're all ski and snow. And I think with the, with the like European fashion houses that there's a similar um, thing that's happening where like 10 years ago, they only wanted like aristocrats and rich French people in the front row of a Louis Vuitton fashion show. That's all they wanted. And now they don't even want those people to come at all. They want like little Uzi Vert in the front row and Rihanna. There's a, you can only fight it so long until all of a sudden the old courses that say like, I don't want younger people. I don't want, you know, multicultural people. I don't want people with tattoos. I don't want people with beards. I don't want girls golfing. I want it to just only be those guys from Orlando. At some point, those dudes have to fucking get out of the way. <laughs> right? Like at some point, like it's not going to work. Dude. You guys got to just chill. <laughs> So what's coming up for you? What's next uh, for your brand, for you? Um, I know it's a weird time right now, but event-wise, brand-wise, what do you see coming up for you guys? We're, we're doing a, a thing called the Malden Golf Club. So we have um, a bunch of members in LA and we do golf tournaments and the tournaments um, is very competitive golf. You have to have a handicap USGA, et cetera. But now, so golf tournaments aren't going to be happening where you can't have big gatherings for golf. Through this quarantine, the thing I miss most is the action. I miss like, you know, an, an eight-foot putt to either feel like the best person in the world or like a complete train wreck, just loser. And I don't get that feeling without golf. But I've realized like I don't necessarily even enjoy like, you know, getting up at 5.30 in the morning, driving all the way to the golf course and hitting balls and warming up and this and that and grinding, playing 18 holes and this, that and the other. I really only miss the like seven shots of the round that like get my adrenaline going and fill my endorphins with like good things. And so what I'm going to do for that is we're going to start doing weekly putting tournaments where it's bracketed putting tournaments. So I play against you on Monday, Cheyenne plays against so-and-so on Monday, and then the winner of our two rounds plays on Tuesday, and it keeps going all the way down to Sunday. So that will be a fun way where it's all done through video and Zoom, through Zoom or Twitch or um, Instagram Live or even Facebook, but you upload your video to the golf club in order to say who won, who gets to go to the next round, et cetera. But it's like... That's round one, me versus shot. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. You guys are in for <laughs> we sure. In there. You're in Ready. for sure. But you know, it's like over the quarantine, like that's what I realized I missed the most was like that pressure, that like, you know, when you have a nine foot putt and everyone's watching and it's like you're reading the putt, you have a feeling in your body, and the feeling is I'm either gonna like be Kobe or I'm gonna be Barkley. Mm -hmm. And it's just about to happen. Like, that's it. Like, that's it. You're getting ready to find out who you are today. And when you make it, the adrenaline you get and the thrill and the fun. And it's just like, you know, you're floating. You're high for two, three days, just floating. We in there. Well, Steve, we, we love it. We love you. We love what you stand for. We got your back. As you look to grow the game, we're going to grow it with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the pod. Come on, tell us a little bit about you and what you got going on. 
any any parting words for us and the folks out there listening to our podcast? Where do they find you? Uh, I love you guys too. MalvinGoff.com. And um, yeah. Sweet. See you on the green, everybody. I can't <laughs> wait to play. Now I can't wait. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Birdies Not BS. We're on Facebook, Twitter. We're on the gram, Doug. And at birdiesnotbs.com. Hit us up. Give us those ratings and we'll holler at y'all next week.